you're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix, Arizona, that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. Well, good evening. Uh, again, my name's Chris. Really glad you are here. Every time we get to just share space like this together, it's, it's an honor, it's a privilege, and, and God's presence is already among us. And so we've been welcoming and inviting and praising that truth and that reality that God is with us tonight. And, and I know you've heard it by now, um, but it's officially the year 2021, right? Yeah. So some people are extra pumped about that. People are even clapping. They're so happy that it's a new year. But unfortunately, things don't magically change when the calendar turns, right? But there's still this reality. Every time you cross over into a new year, you get to look back and you do get to, in fact, remember God's provision in the midst of the suffering and the struggle and the challenge that provide. There were many of us that had that this year. And we can see where God was at in that. Even if we were like, we needed more. We, we wanted more. We were after more. We still get to say, God, we remember that you were there with us. But it's also a new year. And a new year is an opportunity to envision life with a fresh set of eyes. That's why some of you are cheering. That's why some of you are clapping. Because it's an opportunity to dream again, to hope again, to rise again, to go after the things of God with a renewed fervor, maybe with healing in your heart, whatever it might be, there's this opportunity to step into something new. And so fittingly, the, the passage for today is the prologue of John's gospel. That's the first 18 verses of John's gospel. And it sets us up to receive a fresh word from God, which if you're familiar with how the whole poem begins in John 1 is a play on words because he keeps talking about this word, capital W, who's on the way. So before I pun the passage to death, if you will, let me, let me set the stage and then I'm going to read it for us. And then we're going to dive into the text and we'll, we'll find out it was saying everything we sang. But here's the thing, right? In the beginning, John, what he's doing is he's taking on the picture of the creation poem in Genesis 1. It's, it's all about the creation again, right? But this involves the word, this involves Jesus. And so we're introduced to this word, capital W, word, that is Jesus. We're introduced to John the Baptist, a different John than the one writing it, who's there announcing this Jesus. We're about to learn the origin, the place, the power of Jesus. And we're about to learn what John the Baptist's role was in alerting us about this Jesus. And what's interesting is both John the gospel writer and John the Baptist, they don't occupy center stage because they're so focused on communicating to us God's purposes. They're not concerned with their reputation, but rather they pay special attention to the way that Jesus is about to be on the move. And I think we can take note of that specifically in our own lives in this new year as it goes forward. So I'm gonna read John 1, 1 through 18, the whole way through, and then I'm gonna pray for us. So here's what it says. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. 
The one who is the true light who, give light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and believed him and accepted him, he gave the right or the power to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God But the unique one who is God himself is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, here we are with you, reading, celebrating, singing, praying through this announcement that you are a God who has come into this very world to meet us, to walk among us, And so tonight, God, I pray that you would grant us eyes to see you in our midst, to recognize you, to receive you. God, would you open up our hearts and our lives to to take this truth that you're uh, announcing to us, I guess. And would we internalize it? Would we put it into our very lives? And then would we go walk it out as the light shining into the darkness, God? God, I pray for myself this evening as well. I pray that I wouldn't say anything that's not for you or from you. And if I should, I pray that we would forget it, Lord, because we just want to make much of you. We want to know you more. We want to follow after your son, Jesus. We want to become the church you're inviting us and creating us to be. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so we're in John's gospel, right? So there's three other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And all of those gospels, they tell the origin story of Jesus as one accentuating his humanity, right? Whereas John's gospel, he's paying special attention to the divinity of Jesus. That's why he calls him the word, that's the logos, the light, the creator of life, this divine spirit of Jesus. And so what is this word, The word in Greek is logos, which is like, okay, what does that mean, right? The cool logos on his shirt, right? No, what is the logos? What is the word? Like, that's why we can't even describe it. So we use this capitalized W word and we say that and we're like, we have no idea what that means. What we've thought it meant for a long time is that it meant the word of God, like the Bible, the physical Bible we hold but it actually is a person, the person of Jesus. It's so much more than just a physical Bible. And so the word in Greek embodies this picture that we can't quite capture with our language. And so we need a bunch of words to describe it. The beginning of this whole hymn, right? These first five verses is just like the beginning of Genesis, a poem, a hymn, if you will. 
And it's trying to do something grounded in this complex reality of who God is, but yet the language is kind of simple. It's like, hey, here's the thing. The word's always existed, the word's created, and the word is now here. And so the logos, this word, comes to us in two images. One of those images is life. The logos, the word, brings life to creation. The logos is the agent of eternal life, bringing that about just as Yahweh was the bringer of creation from the beginning. In the world of John's gospel, what's, what's kind of startling when you just start reading it at the beginning is that eternal life is not something he's saying that's reserved for the future. He's saying that it actually is already present. It's here with us, among us now. That's what's so powerful about this reality that Jesus would come and walk among us. So Jesus, from the beginning of time, is the architect of creation. Jesus was not created. He always existed. And yes, that's as mysterious to me as it sounds when I say it out loud. It's a picture, once again, that Jesus is God. For in the beginning, God created everything. That was what Jesus was doing. Humanity was created in Jesus because our design as people was in Jesus as a concept is always in a designer. And so then we were created through Jesus because he's the agent of creation. Again, taking poetry and the mystery of this reality and trying to put it into language is as cumbersome as it feels. We're trying our best to say this, right? And so then we have this other picture, this light. And this light then communicates to us this conflict that's happening in the spiritual landscape for all of time, right? The light is this work that's moving against the forces of darkness. And yet the darkness never extinguishes it. What do we do with that? This ongoing clash of light versus dark is defined for us like as the ongoing narrative. It happens throughout the whole of the story because we know it's happening in this very moment right now. The light will prevail, John tells us, but the clash remains as we wait for Jesus to keep making all things new. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it, just as we sang. And so as we move out of those first five verses, we get this reality of this, right? Jesus isn't pretending to be human. He fully is human. He really did enter into our flesh, our flesh of weakness, morality, and pain. And almost ironically, when Jesus did that, as he associated himself with humanity, he experiences the things that we too have all experienced. As John writes, right, when Jesus comes on the scene, Jesus was not known and not recognized for who he was. Which to our mind, we're like, how could you not? But yet that's a human experience. We all know the pain of going unrecognized for who we are or what we have done or what we can do, being overlooked and misunderstood such as the challenge of being human. And so Jesus knows that too. Jesus gets us, if you will, but at the same time, he reveals to us the struggle and the invitation is this. Pay attention, acknowledge our helplessness, receive his invitation to recognize him and believe. The active part of all of that, the missional component is that we get to participate in the process 
of knowing and recognizing Jesus. It's ongoing in our lives as we continue to practice paying attention to Jesus. And yet that sounds a bit like a platitude because the reality is there's this thing like we might not know what we need. We might not know who we need. So Jesus has come to initiate this in us and for us. That's what John's writing out, right? He created the world and he came into it. He came to his own people. He gave the power to become children of God. He made his home among us and he's full of unfailing love and faithfulness. That's the Jesus that's after us, that's inviting us to join him in this world. And it's pretty fitting to reflect on the invitation from living in darkness to living as the light as we transition from 2020 to 2021. Jesus continually reaches out to us in the darkness. Just come and be with me here in the light. And again, if 2020 to 21 teaches us anything at all, that's not just some fluid, easy process. There's something hard about that. Anytime we step out of the darkness, so to speak, into the light, surely it's freeing. Surely we can see again, but there's also challenge present there. And therefore, our invitation as those who've been invited into the light is to do the same with others, to meet other people with this compassionate understanding, knowing that other people like us may not know what they need until it is offered to them. And so we extend the love of Jesus, this good news of Jesus, this light of Jesus to other people as he extended it to us. But tied up in that reality, all up in this prologue of John's gospel, before he's even told all these stories about Jesus's life, tied up in that is the reality that many of us, including ourselves, right? We don't recognize Jesus. Many of us reject Jesus. Many of us don't believe. That's what John's telling us he's experienced and we know human nature, and maybe we even know this in ourselves, that even just the offering of good news is not always a guarantee that someone receives it happily and openly. Again, Jesus knows this to be true. So how do we receive it? What does that even mean to receive it? Right? When we, when we do receive what Jesus has to offer, what does he say we get to do? We get to receive the power that makes us children of God. That is a wild claim to put at the beginning of this whole gospel story telling us about the life and person of Jesus. Is that the moment you receive, you have the power to become children of God. The great plan and purpose of God is right here that we receive this recognition of who we are, who we're becoming, and who we were created to be. What a beautiful invitation from Jesus. It's a gift to us. John's trying to make us see. Everyone too began with not knowing who we were or what we would become. And John says, that's why you're reborn. The birth that comes from God. He's two chapters away from having to try to explain that to this guy, Nicodemus, who's supposed to know all about the ways of God. It's that complex, yet that simple at the same time. It's really just the story of Jesus turning full circle. The unfolding process of his love for us is this ongoing, 
birth and reception and recognition and him being among us. That's why the hinge of this whole section is verse 14. Here's what verse 14 says. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. And I think Eugene Peterson says that best when he writes these very same words this way. He says, the word became flesh and blood, right? Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That just makes the reality of Jesus so tangible because if you stop right now and you look around the neighborhood that we're in, hey, Jesus moved in long before we did. Jesus has been here all along. That's the power of the story that John's setting before us. And the invitation is to exist in these communities that God is fostering. We join Jesus in the neighborhood ever reflecting the sustaining love of Jesus to all we encounter along the way. And what's crazy is that as soon as Jesus moves into the neighborhood and walks among us as flesh and blood, we begin to tune our ears to the fullness of grace that he's been offering all along that he's revealing to us through Jesus. And I wanna pose a question as we move into 2021. What is like the music, the song, the sound that we hear? What is the music of our, our mind and our heart? This fullness of, as John says, grace upon grace. What is the song playing in the neighborhood of God's dwelling? As we enter a new year, what do we hear God speaking and singing and announcing in us and to us and through us? So we move into the neighborhood where Jesus has always already been. There's this term that jazz musicians use. They say that someone has big ears when they are especially tuned in to the music. Big ears refers to the ability to, to hear and make meaning out of complex music. One needs big ears to make sense of improvising negotiations of tricky changes and multiple simultaneous lines and rhythms. Big ears are needed to hear dissonances and silences at the same time. If jazz was about hitting just the right notes, surviving the chord changes and letting out the stops, jazz listeners and musicians wouldn't need big ears. It would just happen. And the same is true for followers of Jesus. We need big ears to make meaning of God's music, to improvise tricky changes and bumpy rhythms that are certain to unfold even if the year is 2021. We need big ears to distinguish the voice of the enemy and the voice of God. 
for following Jesus isn't actually about being right, simply surviving or putting on a show. We need big ears just like the musicians to follow the voice of the shepherd who loves us and leads us into a life where our roots grow down deep into God's love in the place where God has already been present all along. So the invitation for the Kaleo family in 2021 is to listen, is to listen. God, what do you want us to know? God, what do you want us to do? And then we go about it and join the Jesus who's already moved into the neighborhood, who's already here and present among us and inviting us to go his way. So I think it's only fitting to ramble on about listening if we then create space to listen. So the band, you guys can come back on up here. And I just, I wanna create an opportunity for each one of us individually and potentially this will be collective at some point in time too, to listen to the voice of God. And so just where you are in this space, you, sometimes we say you get in a posture to listen, right? And so you align your body with the posture of your heart. So you sit up straight, you, you open your hands maybe and lay them on your palms and you say, we're in this moment right now, God, with you. Your presence is among us. It's an open door as we've already sung. He's saying, walk through and listen to me. And so as you sit in that place of listening, would you just begin by asking these two questions of God? Say, God, what do you want me to know? And then listen to his voice and then say, God, what do you want me to do? Take a few moments. Spirit, keep speaking to us. Give us big ears. Tune our ears to your voice. What do you want us to know? And what do you want us to do? God, again, we meet you in this place. We believe that you want to speak to us. We believe that you've given us ears to hear you. Let us hear.
God, as we hear the sounds of the world moving all about us, we know that your voice speaks louder still, yet sometimes like a whisper. And so give us ears to hear again, God, what do you want us to know? And what do you want us to do? God, let us be specific as we pray. God, what are the practices you want us to cultivate to remain in communion with you this year? Speak to us now throughout this week. Reveal yourself to us. God, what are the core relationships I need to support me on this journey with you this year? Reveal those people to us, God. God, what are the gifts, the passions, the burdens that you've placed inside each one of us that you want us to express for the blessing of others this year? Reveal those to us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we need you. This third day of 2021, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you just fill us afresh? Would you gift us with your presence? And would we have eyes to recognize, Jesus, that you are here among us in our midst, that you are a God who is with us? God, would we not reject you? Would we not move to the corners of darkness in our lives, in our city? But would we shine a light? Would we meet you, the light of the world? Would you free us to walk in your ways, to go with you always? Grant us the power that you promise us in John 1 to receive our identity as your children, God. We need you. We love you. We want more of you in 2021. We want to be your people, God. We want to be your community in this tiny little pocket of downtown Phoenix that joins you, Jesus, already present in this neighborhood. Show us, speak to us, tell us what you want us to know and what you want us to do, God. That's what we long for in 2021. More of you. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleophx.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.